Record. Test. Test. Test, test. Okay. Test, test. Cool. All right, yeah, we're good, actually. Damn. Damn, dude. <laughs> we start? Uh, what do you think? All right. Yeah, that was a dumb question. <laughs> we definitely started. <laughs> you think I'm stopping? We're keeping the test testing, right? I don't know. I haven't decided. I think we should. You you think we should keep a the little testing? flavor? It is a little flavor. Jill told me that. Uh, hi, Jill. <laughs> starting it off real good with a hello to my boss. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we should keep it in at this point. I might have to do a cut of the beginning. Um, I might have to cut all of this, actually. I don't know. Nah, I no. think we keep it. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I was in there with Jill. She said that you need to introduce yourself at the beginning of the podcast as a special shout out to her. That's actually mm. true. All right, let's do <laughs> let's do the most baseline. This microphone is fucking up, dude. <laughs> this microphone's fucking up. Okay, um, now that it's no longer messing up, uh, let's do a, the best intro we can. The best high quality, high energy. Let me Are, sit up in my chair. Did Jill mean like? Mac and I introduce ourselves, or we should introduce the guest. I think, I think it's all of them. Okay. So yeah. like, we I don't do either, right? Yeah, no, we don't. Okay. We don't do any. Of, like, it's literally cold opens yeah, and then super, smash cut. To it's black. like Seinfeld. Yeah, dude, it kind of rocks. Like way worse. I mean, I well, like it. I guess it depends on how you feel about Seinfeld. I mean, I actually haven't gotten through a single episode of Seinfeld. Actually, that's not true. I was very drunk once, and uh, I stumbled home to my or not home to my boy's place unannounced, and I uh, laid on the floor and watched an episode of Seinfeld. And that was the only episode of Seinfeld I've ever finished. It was pretty cool. It's pretty good. Um, fuck, how do we... Oh, yeah. Uh, intros. Um, all right. Oh, man, dude. All right. Uh, damn. I really cannot think of a way to do this. We've already lost Whoa. half of our listeners. <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, Mac I'm Nelson. Just, I'm Ziad Duran. <laughs> And this is Draw Call. And welcome, welcome to the show. We have a special guest. Yeah, hello. I'm Joey Zokowski. Also known as Joey Z. Joey Z. Jay Z. Jay Z. Jay Z. Yeah. That's freaking sick. How'd you get the name Jay Z? Uh, I think because of my initials. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was. Um, Damn. I, right. It's not a. It, wow. This is fucking sick. This is a cool, really good start to this episode of Draw Call. Uh, all right. I One of the first things I wanted to bring up here um, is that I do not have an outline at all. Sweet. Um, I we got we had like maybe three episodes where we had like a solid outline going. Yeah, Joey, I'm very sorry. I don't hey, have that for you today. It's the draw call way. It is it the is. draw call way. It is. Um, how many episodes have you listened to, Joey? I have only listened to the one, the one with Charlie. Honestly, I, mean, I should have done more prep. No, nah, that's a no, great one to listen to. It's cool. I haven't even listened to the one with Charlie all the way through. <laughs> I got that's actually the one I probably listened to the most. Um, I don't. I usually listen to like bits and pieces and then like I listen to it as much as I can hear myself ramble and then I'm like all right I've got to click mm-hmm. off of this immediately but no the joy or the the Charlie one was actually fairly like coherent mm-hmm. like it had a solid through line the story like there's a, there's a story there yeah and then you know we veered off off track a little bit as opposed to this one where where is the track we don't even know where the road is <laughs> yeah we're so yeah for me and for any new listeners besides the Charlie episode What's like the quintessential draw call episode? Damn. That's a great question. <laughs> it literally might just be the Charlie one, to be honest. Like, and I, don't, I only think it was that way because 
uh, Charlie like was part of the inception of right. the show, right? which I don't think we talked about on the last episode. No, not at all. Which is kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah, a little bit. I don't want to get too far into it because we do have a totally new guest on the show. And yeah, 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 it yeah. would probably be a waste of his time, our time, and right, probably right. a waste of like our friendship if we were to bring him here <laughs> yeah. and only talk about how good the last episode was. I mean, but it was great. I mean, like, <laughs> tell us you, more about how it was great. If you start there and now you're here, yeah. like, it only goes up. True. You can only imagine I, it's going to get better. Wow. I could, I could, yeah, I can get. You're setting that a logic. high bar for yourself, Joey. This episode, <laughs> I, I could, don't know about that. This episode could very well be the worst episode. <laughs> yeah, of right. I've already, I started start and work backwards from Charlie's. Right. Okay. Okay. How do you? How do we think we work backward? Uh, how do you say Charlie backwards? Uh. Wow. Fuck. Elarch. 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 Right. Is that E-large. right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up Notepad and let me see. Random uh, fun fact: I went to school with Elarch. You're right. Yeah. Elarch. Dude, I, I went to school with this girl from like kindergarten until eighth grade. Yeah. And she had this skill where she could read sentences backwards as if she were reading them forwards, like with the same quickness. That's, That's amazing. And. I, I was always so envious of that skill. So I remember spending a whole summer in like fourth grade, maybe <laughs> just like reading. What book was I reading? I think it was like a Redwall series book. If you guys are or have um, heard of that series. Yeah. But I tried reading the whole book backwards, like word wise from the back forwards. It was really stupid. I think I got like 20 pages in and was like, hey, what grade were you on? Were you trying doing that? Fourth grade. Okay. That's fair. So I'm imagining like you 10 like years old or something. I can only imagine you as like because I've never seen like a picture of you like as a kid or whatever, right? So like, I, can only, I can only wow, <laughs> we, oh interesting. We burn those, dude. Really that bad, dude? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Oh wow, I mean honestly, me neither. Like I've got the uh, picture of me when I was in like kindergarten, and that was probably me at my prettiest, honestly. <laughs> so like if you were to do like a a, a, a scale, it's like mm-hmm. I'm here, and this is another visual bit. So, like, I'm at, like, 50% of the curve, and mm-hmm. then, like, I go down to, like, maybe 5%, and, mm-hmm. like, the 5% mark hits around 8th, ninth grade. Got it. And then it slowly goes up until you, it shoots up. And now I think I, I look all right. Like, now the beard is growing in a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, I got a little bit of stubble down here on the chin, mm-hmm. a little bit of pube hair growing. Like, you know, it, it works. And then the haircut and, obviously, the fucking Hawaii 5 shirt. Like, <laughs> I think I'm really making it work for me. But, yeah, there was a solid point around 8th grade where it was just like, damn. Yeah, I look like shit. <laughs> Damn. Now I I'm interested. Like for the girl who could talk backwards, mm-hmm. did you ever like record her and play it back, like to Ooh. hear it forwards? Because no. what if she was just messing with you? She the whole time? okay. So she I there was a part of me that thought she was, mm-hmm. but I remember that every time I tried to like fact check her on it, she was right. Wow. So maybe like maybe she was kind of bullshitting me most of the time. How many times <laughs> you tried fact checking her? I think like two times. Oh damn. So Second maybe time, she just knew. Yeah. Second then, time she shut your ass down. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, damn. All right. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. I guess you she's got just it. You, you win. <laughs> all right. Oh man. That is an amazing skill. Yeah. Especially like young. Like what? What even makes a person at that young of an age? Yeah. Want to talk backwards? Right. Well, it's like um those spelling bee kids. Right. Those guys. Right. Man, intense. They, yeah, they are so intense. <laughs> I feel really bad for them because I think the worst. I in, in general, I like watching the spelling bee, the national spelling bee, because it's pretty fun. You can like try mm. to guess the word, right? Um, but when they lose, oh man, my heart breaks. They look like their whole world just like came crashing down when they misspell a word. 
Oh yeah, no, it's really important. Yeah. For some people. I mean, in the amount of training, like in rote memorization yeah. that goes yeah. into learning all those words. Yeah. And I'm speaking from experience here. Little known fact about Mac Nelson, third grade spelling bee champion. Whoa. Whoa. That's pretty sick. Thanks, dude. What did you? What do you remember? What word you won on? Dude, honestly, no. I have literally. I don't remember at all. I remember that it was a massive back and forth. Like mm. it was with it was against me and some girl. Uh, I think her name was like Marissa or something. Mm. And uh, we got the same word. Like it it came down to us two after like two and a half hours, right? And we were gridlocked. Like just she, going back and just forth. going back and forth because like yeah, because uh, I can't remember how we did it or how, I think they had one of us leave the classroom or something. Mm. Um, or like some other way of making sure that we couldn't like like hear what they were saying mm-hmm. and we got the same words right like seven times dang and yeah that's they so had intense to, they had to give it yeah they had to give us like a super hard word at least hard for like a third a third grader yeah. right and uh yeah man eventually i i ended up winning off of one she got one letter wrong that's sick yeah no nah, it probably wasn't sick for her <laughs> no definitely yeah, not. no i she I, probably hated you Honestly, maybe. Hey, but hey, fuck it. That's just <laughs> yeah. that's just that's the, sport. the game. That's, that's the, the life of a third grade spelling bee. Yeah. That's exactly you know? right. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> Do you ever do uh, any spelling bee when you were younger, Joey I did not really know. I mean, like there was like our standard like kind of like class wide mm-hmm. spelling bees, but not not at a, the professional level that Got Mac it. was at. Did you um, did you perform well at like the class the class wide spelling bees? I think so. I mean. I, I think, but I don't have any trophies to prove it, right? Got it, yeah. So yeah. if I did bad, I've just, like, blocked out those memories. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I have... I've lost... My school was, like, weirdly competitive about spelling bees. And there was... Because there was one every year. And it was, like, your grade plus or minus a year. So that was, like, the grouping of students who competed in that spelling bee. Mm. Um, and I remember I lost twice. I came in second place twice. I never won. I always came in second when I when I Damn. reached that that echelon, and I still remember the words that I lost on. And oh, to this man. day, it's like a mental block. Like okay, when I so start when I start typing them out <laughs> or like writing them out, I'm like, oh shit, is it? I can't. Oh, man, you have to tell me it? the word. You have to tell me the word. Okay, one of them is conscientious. <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, spell that on the first try. I go heavy on spell check with conscientious. And the other one is 12th. I cannot spell 12th. Wait, 12th. There's like an an F in there. Yeah, there is. But, yeah, it's like T... I I don't want to try. I don't want to try. Do it live. Do it live. (laughs) See, spelling bees, like, it's such a high-pressure thing, especially as a kid. Because if you get it wrong like everyone's like hyper focused on you right and you just feel dumb yeah coming out of it you know like oh yeah yeah you just yeah right you do, there's no like consolation prize yeah you just you straight up got it wrong yeah no one's keeping track sucks. of how many words you got right but everyone's gonna remember the word you got wrong oh yeah no it's a horrific feeling <laughs> that is, that is very a horrific true. feeling <laughs> yeah i remember i remember the mental anguish it is honestly kind of astonishing how anguish like how much anguish you put a third grader through in those final moments because like you see all of the kids who got out like three hours ago yeah and they're just 
they're waiting, waiting for yeah. it to fucking be they're over. vultures they're literally praying on your downfall because <laughs> they're like please just let us go to recess <laughs> please just let this shit be over and it's like the seventh time that you motherfuckers have gotten the same words right someone just please get out it's almost like when you lose they feel joy yeah it's like it's 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 kind of insane it might yeah. be are spelling bees the first battle royale whoa <laughs> they, they <laughs> might be on to something they might be wow <laughs> damn player known is trying to take me out biologically now that i've <laughs> ruined his ability to claim the battle royale franchise as his own well there, there is a game uh one of my old professors i think released a game recently called babel royale which is basically scrabble in a battle royale format which is really cool um and it has like the whole Fortnite animation of like the letter flying onto the stage and you get to pick where on the board you land and that's like your starting position and then you add words or add letters to it that's cool it's pretty cool that's yeah. amazing yeah. or if everyone's done like a, a wordle battle royale i feel like that has to mm. exist with the amount of wordle clones out there oh yeah there are so many wordle clones wordle's a i don't like wordle but i like all the different variations of wordle mm-hmm. wordle's like my least favorite one yeah okay. i'm about to look really dumb I've never played Wordle. I have no idea what it is. And whenever those blocks started appearing on Twitter, it's like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I'm kind of pissed that it exists. What is it? You should you should play it right now. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, Wordle.com. Now, that's a good way to kill the next five. Joey Z knows what's going on here. All right, Wordle. I can't even spell it right. You yeah, can we'll, tell. We'll give it the play-by-play. Right, right now, all right. World E World is typed e. into. <laughs> World E. Wordle. Okay. All right. The New York Times. Guess the Wordle in six oh, tries. That's right. The New York Times bought it, right? That's yeah, right. I actually yeah. don't even know if it's like, like I just said world.com. I don't know if that's the place. No, it's now nytimes.com slash game slash Wordle slash index.html. Wow. Um, which is a much worse URL. Yeah, it's not as clean. Um, <laughs> Guess the wordle in six tries. Each guess maybe I can't believe I'm playing this shit on live. Uh fuck it, dude. Um Damn. Do you play this, Josie? Like is this do you have an a daily game you play, like Wordle or No, not really. Like I sometimes I get into those daily games and then I always feel like they're like sucking my soul away. Yeah. You know, like I, they're yeah. I feel them preying on me. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I see. Alright, alright. So the first word entered is weary and the e and the r are correct okay but wow the oh. yellow means they're in the wrong spot right oh really oh yeah i think you're right i, I you're think right. they're in the wrong i'm refreshing spot. i can't refresh Ooh, nah, you yeah, can't nice cheat. try you can't cheat you can't cheat. damn dude that's actually <laughs> sick i can't cheat i can cheat give me this fucking url <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> They won't let me cheat. They know. You, you can't mess up Wordle. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is this is competitive. For okay, some people. but wait. If the if the letters are completely blocked out, yeah. So then I that think means that I you think shouldn't use them again. Right. I think. Yeah. Gray is like they're not in the word. Right. Yellow is they're in the word but not in the right location. Okay. Yeah. And green is right letter, right spot. Okay. So. For anyone at home following along, I've tried Weary, and it said that I, the letters were in the wrong spot, but I did not know that element of the game because I didn't read the instructions. So I tried putting it in the exact same spot using the letter weird or the the word weird, and uh, I got the exact same feedback. Yeah. But 
Uh, it did also knock out the I and the D of weird. Right. So I, I now have, uh, what is that, five letters that have been knocked out. Um, okay. Um, why don't you guys tell us about the game design of Wordle uh, while I figure out what the fuck's going <laughs> well, on Well, I feel like we should introduce Joey Z like a little bit more. Sure. That was, that was Jill's one request. Listen, Joey Z <laughs> is the one who was like, why don't you go play Wordle online <laughs> yeah, right. so, we can, so we can get through this without having to ask any damn questions. Um, all right. Joey Z, um, what's your relation to Wordle? I, I don't have much of a relationship to Wordle. I, I Like you, I saw the squares popping up on Twitter mm. all over the place. I tried it a couple times, had a, a, a lucky streak, yeah. and then I got out of the game early while I was ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, got, you got one completely right on the first try. You're like, all right, I've won Wordle. There's yeah. no point in continuing. Understood. I think the first time I tried it, it was like second try. I got the word oh, right. Respect. And then I was like, all right, cool. I can yeah. retire. I've done <laughs> everything play. I needed to. My play again. All right. Let's actually introduce Joey Z. 16 minutes in. Wow. That might be a new record. <laughs> it no one. Asked, it literally might be a new record. <laughs> I think that this is the most that we've been off topic. Actually, no. There was that one episode with Sophia where we literally like said like three word sentences for 27 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, right. that that was a gnarly. We just we had just gone to Tupelo Honey, which just opened, and yeah. it was like our first time there. And I think it was happy hour. Yeah, and nice. so we were like, I mean, fuck it, why not? And yeah. then we were like, oh, we have to record still. Yeah, and yeah, you can imagine the. Uh, we came back debauchery. I was way drunker than I usually am when I do these. Yeah, <laughs> and had some chicken I, and waffles. Yeah, I had some yeah. chicken and waffles in yeah. me. Sugar high, regular <laughs> drunk. I must said regular high. I wasn't regular high. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, nah, just just sloshing on through yeah. the pod. <laughs> yeah. It was twenty seven. It was legitimately twenty seven minutes before we got into actual discussion about like Sophia. Right. Um, that being said, now we're wow. eighteen minutes in. Yeah, solid eighteen minutes. That was good, minutes. dude. Seventeen yeah. minutes. In, did you? Can you see the timestamp from where I you? I cannot. Are? Wow, it was really good, dude. You said eighteen minutes at like seventeen minutes and fifty seven seconds. Sweet. That's sick. That is like well. All right, let's introduce Joey Z, and then we'll circle back. <laughs> and then back we'll go back to, to talking about nothing. Well, yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, Joey Z. I, dude, I feel really bad. Like, it's been a fucking whirlwind of a couple weeks. Uh, I have not developed an outline. I don't know that much about Toontown. I don't know that much about Toontown Rewritten. I do know that the I do know the project management software you knew, you use for Toontown Rewritten yeah. because you notion. walked me through it. Hashtag Notion. Hashtag Notion. Coolest yeah. shit ever. Sponsor of this episode. Sponsor yeah. of the dude. Notion sponsor. I would. I would. That'd be sweet. I'd clean up my whole act. <laughs> if we get Notion as sponsor. I'd stop drinking on the pod. I'd stop veering us off topic. I'd stop playing games in the middle of the vodka. You could use Notion to manage like your podcast outline. Oh my god, true. that's a great idea. That is true. We should do you that. Get practice for that. Dude. That's how you can practice Notion. We should do that. Yeah. Do you think we should? Maybe we. this is the the month in which we get organized for yeah, a podcast. Yeah, dude. All right. That's, like, that's a good idea. Like I said, it's only going up from here. Yeah. That's good actually that's a great point, Joey. <laughs> Joey, why are you here? I am here because I, I was asked to be here. And you guys are great. And I wanted to chat. But uh, if you want to get into a deeper level of why am I... Yes, Here please do my job for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking. It's a struggle. Over here. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, I guess I, I'm Joey Zolkowski. I am a advanced designer at Shell Games, the place in which we all work. 
And I'm also creative director for a project called Toontown Rewritten, which is a family-friendly, completely entirely free-to-play MMO that was revived from a game called Toontown Online that mm. Disney ran between 2003 to 2013. So 2013 onward, it's not online anymore. It's Toontown Rewritten, totally free, no ads, no anything. Just when yeah. you. Uh, ooh. I was gonna say, how did you get involved in that? So let's see. Uh, always, I've always been a big fan of Toontown since I was a kid. Like I, I was in there, basic like year one. I I signed up for the game. I'd seen the oh, ads 03. on Disney Channel. Way back oh three. Way back in oh three. Five wow. years old. I could barely read. <laughs> which is a difficult way to play Toontown because there's a lot of dialogue. <laughs> but, but hey, I was battling some cogs, which are the enemies in Toontown. So, I see. So okay. uh, anyways, so th- throughout my years of, of games and life and everything, uh, it was a game I always kept coming back to because I just loved the way in which it brought people together. Like mm-hmm. it was just a great game to play with friends a great game to play to meet new people uh it's a game that attracts like such a unique variety of ages like usually the way it works is kids start playing because they saw an ad on disney channel or whatever not these days but you know back then and their parents will like start playing with them just as like a thing to do together and then the kids age out of it but the parents keep playing because it's like that like good of just like it doesn't baby you like it's a good strategic game it's wholesome super fun uh anyway so it's always been one of my favorites and around 2011 i started a website with my friend called toonbook which was facebook but for toontown okay and so the the thing the reason was like facebook was really starting to take off in popularity and so in toontown as a kid, a lot of people are giving out their Facebook names, which are their real names, yeah. so that they can talk to each other outside the game, which is super dangerous to do, in, you know, in a kid's game. Right. So my friend and I had this idea, like, what if we could do a social network that has all the features of Facebook, but it is just like your tune name. You just mm-hmm. look up your friend's tune name, not their real name. Yeah. You could look up like how many laugh points they have or like you look at their character stats. Mm. So you can find your friends, you can chat with them outside the game without having to say like, oh yeah, I'm Joey Zolkowski, add me on Facebook and see all my personal information. Right. Uh, so that was something that I was running uh, around the time that Disney announced Toontown was closing. And uh, so through that, like I, I had made some connections that just like other kind of like content creator type of people in the Toontown community. And we all started to ask like, you know, is there a way that like, we're all kind of like, we at least think we're tech savvy. I was like 15 at the time, so I wasn't actually tech savvy, (laughs) but you know, like- I mean, you made a Facebook for Toontown. Yeah, well, that was using, um, there was a a piece of software called Social Engine, which had basically, Uh, it was like a like WordPress style thing for social networks. Got so no, it. I wasn't some like childhood genius that like made Facebook. Like, understood. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but still, yeah, I mean, that no. is, you have to be at least slightly tech savvy to like you know put that domain up yeah. and like keep yeah. it running and yeah. So. Definitely, a lot of good experiences came from that and like other yeah. things I had done. And so um, we all kind of started asking each other like, is there a way that we could 
potentially make like a private server for Toontown. Oh. And um, starting the day that Disney announced it was closing and all the way up until the day it actually closed, which was a month later, yeah. we were just hard at work. Like we were like gathering as much information as we could, trying to like get into the game client and see like, can we decompile this? Can we like try and reverse engineer? Because I guess the way that Toontown works in most online MMO type of games is you download a client to your computer right and then you connect to the server side but there's like all of this server side logic that you don't have access to right, right it's all like all your battle calculations all of your like the multiplayer networking stuff your game client doesn't know how to do that it just mm -hmm. knows to communicate with the server and get information back about that mm -hmm. so we had the whole game client and we had to like look at what the game client was doing and then write the server code and like kind of guessing like what is the client uh, expect yeah. the server to be doing in this moment yeah wow and then how do we get it back to the client and going back and forth on that so you literally had no logging like did you have error codes you could use that the client gave yeah there were like error codes the client could give um and granted like in those days this was not again i was not childhood genius joey okay. like <laughs> this wasn't so much me this was like i am just trying to keep up with these people who are much more yeah, intelligent than I am, sure. who are like figuring this stuff out. Yeah. Uh, and my big part was figuring out um, how we were going to actually stay alive as like an online game. Cause it, you know, we thought at first, like maybe this will be a couple hundred people. It'll go for like a month or two. Disney's going to send a cease and desist right. and that's going to be the end of it. And almost 10 years running. Yeah. They yeah. We are in year nine right now. That's so crazy. And the original game ran for 10 years. So 2023 Whoa. is we reach the point in which Toontown Online reached Whoa. when it closed. So Have you, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so you've been running this online community and MMO essentially for 10 years or almost yeah. 10 years. Yeah. It's wild. That is <laughs> That's really super cool. Like astonishing. So hey. like a, a big principle, like I, I guess my my role especially in the early days was trying to figure out like we have thousands of people who want to play this game yeah. and we cannot support thousands of people right now because we're just trying to figure this out we're trying right. to reverse engineer the server and everything um we're developing content like one piece at a time essentially yeah and we needed to find a way like to maintain the interest of all of these thousands of people who were like knocking on our door wanting to play toontown again because it wasn't a dead game at the time Disney closed it. Like, mm -hmm. it was still super popular. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just, like, management shakeups and stuff that ultimately got it shuttered. Mm -hmm. And so the philosophy that we kind of used was, this is not just your ordinary Toontown private server, video game private server. Like, yeah. we want to run this game as if it were never closed by Disney. Like, if it were still being developed by the original developers today, what kind of stuff would they do with it? What kind of content would be in the game? What's like, you know, the marketing image? What's the way that they communicate with players? And yeah, so that was my job in the early days is figuring out a lot of like ways to keep the community engaged and ways to make it feel like they were truly still a part of this like massive online world uh, rather than just like uh, some random game server that like a bunch of Joe Schmoes put up and mm -hmm. left it there Right. to die <laughs> you know that's have you ever gotten official 
or explicit support from Disney? No. Wow. No, we have so Disney has never officially contacted Toontown Written in any way. We've talked to like mm. former developers of the game. I mean, like Jesse Shell, like he was the creative director for Toontown Online when it originally launched. Right, right. And uh, you know, he's a big fan of Toontown Written, as are like a lot of the other Toontown Online developers that we've talked to. And essentially, like all all that we understand is that for whatever reason, whether it's inside forces helping us or whatever, Disney has just turned a blind eye to the project. Yeah, wow. Uh, and I, I think like it, it is a very intentional thing that we did. Um, again, like keeping in line with a lot of the things that I was thinking about in those early days was how do we set this up in a way that it's not going to get shut down by Disney? So mm. we don't collect any form of revenue. There's no ads. There's no donations even. Like it's all just funded out of the pocket of team members. That's wow. And that was a big thing. Like we didn't want even like donations, like nonprofit kind of stuff. Like we didn't want any money coming into our hands because the second that it is like that makes us potentially a target for Disney of like, yeah. you know, is that revenue that we could be getting instead? Or, right. you know, it, it muddies the waters a whole lot. Um, so that was a big uh, thing. Making sure that it was like strictly, strictly family friendly was another big thing. You don't want Disney logging on and like seeing some news article about how like a child was harassed in Toontown. Like right. that's not going to be a right. good look for them. Yeah. So we set up really early on 24 seven moderation team, like people all around the world who are just volunteers to keep the game safe. Wow. This is a massive effort. It is. It is. And uh, I think I remember us talking about it whenever you were showing me notion uh, stuff, you have a, a team of like over 80 strong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, how, basically I'm just asking how, <laughs> how have you, first of all, from like a, a logistical standpoint, right? How have you managed to keep this going for 10 years with with essentially no money coming in? Right. Like, this must be a, a fairly significant financial um, stress. It is, yeah. Right. It, it's like it costs thousands of dollars every month just to keep the servers running. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Like, servers are yeah. not cheap, especially game servers, right? Yeah. I mean, it did give us incentive to like really optimize the game because yeah, the more we optimize it, you know, the more the, yeah, the less yeah. we have to pay for our server costs. But it's still significant. Are there um, any other costs that you incur directly besides server costs? Like you're not paying developers or anything, right? It's no, no one's project. paid. Everyone's volunteer, and it, like that's really the way it happens. Is there are so many people on the team that just have so much passion for the game because of like an impact that it made on their life, or maybe their their kids' lives, or like it they just see like the good that it's doing in the world i guess yeah and how there's not really been another mmo that's come along that's like filled that gap yeah and so people just love working on it for that reason and you know people come and go but uh there i think alongside myself there's maybe five like five to eight other people who were like on the team when we started in 2013 so other so, like wow. ride or die yeah nine in for the long haul. wow man <laughs> that is really really impressive yeah nine years in um do you how do you handle just 
it it must be stressful being the head of a project that has lasted that long. Yeah, and has had like what I'm assuming is a uh, steadily or fairly steady stream of players for yeah. that long. Right. It's just constant. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the stress of being the leader of a project that that in depth for that long? I it's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of patience is, is necessary. A lot of empathy is necessary because, you know, there's there's kind of like there's your two extremes when it comes to a player base for a live game like this. Like, right. There are people on one side who are like your worst critics and like they might love the game, but they are unhappy with the way you're running it or they're unhappy with like a balancing decision that you've made and they aren't afraid to tell you like mm-hmm. they'll be vocal. They will insult you like, you know, thankfully Toontown is like a super wholesome community that doesn't happen a whole lot, but it does happen. And like, it does sting a little bit when you see stuff like that. Yeah. And you've got the other end of the spectrum of like people who are so incredibly thankful. So just like bought in on everything and like blown away by the idea of like this being a totally free project and they get it. But oddly enough, like those are the people who are less likely to speak up. Yeah, because they're kind of yeah. like you know, like this is great. This is there. I have nothing bad to say, yeah. and people are much more likely to say something, you know, when they disagree with something and if they agree with it. Um, and so yeah, it takes a lot of patience and empathy to just like understand with like when you have players who are so invested in this, like yeah, even when they're critiquing you, like it's because they love this game so much and they want it to be the absolute best thing that it can be um and so yeah i guess that's one way of dealing with it the other way um so we have been able to do up until 2020 with like covid we started uh doing annual conventions where we would have a real world meetup of toontown fans from like all around the world and it was so cool like the the biggest event that we ever had uh, there were 500 people who came like just for Toontown. Holy crap. Yeah. That's and, so like, many people. <laughs> literally like people from other countries, like like South America, like they flew up and because they just like wanted to meet other Toontown fans in person and like chat with the developers and just like express gratitude for what we were doing. And that was always like a high point of the year. We did it annually and like that made it all worth it, especially the first time we did that. Like being able to see face to face like kids and families yeah. who were so bought in like that's the reason I'm still here today because like working on this uh, because I've seen just like that immense impact that it has for people and the way that it's like like you know allowing say uh, we've seen stuff like if there's a family member who's in the military or something like that like they will play toontown with their kids as like a way to just like continue connecting with each other yeah and when you look at stuff like that it's like how can you not keep supporting this this thing yeah yeah that must be an extremely empowering it is it is empowering and humbling at the same time yes like so many people have chosen your thing to find happiness within right and find like fulfillment within because, like, not everyone has a load of free time, right? right? And if you do, you're probably, like, 
there's a good chance that you're a child. <laughs> and those that free time, that immense amount of free time that you have is like the most um, impactful sort of that's where your nostalgia comes from. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it I mean it does sound like an extremely uh yeah, fulfilling thing to be to say like kids are making memories or people are making memories on the thing that I've worked so hard to build. That, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really passionate about, like the reason that I got into game design in general, is I love games that bring people together. Like I, mm-hmm. I think games are such a powerful tool to just like foster relationships among yeah. people and like create like that spark of joy. Um, and like Toontown, I feel like is one of those perfect games. Like it's just a, a game that makes it happen so well and seamlessly, like without even thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a big reason that, it, that I'm into it. Uh, and I, I love working on any sort of game that is going to create that for people. Cause even things like, like single player games, if it's not a multiplayer game, there's still people who are excited to talk about what you've built or like, right. you know, maybe there's a discord server of just fans who are creating like artwork and sharing in their experiences and just like how much they love that world. And I think that's just a really unique thing that you get in game design yeah. that doesn't translate so much to other mediums. Yeah. 100%. Dude. I think, I think, um, yeah, you and I definitely align on that aspect of like game design. I, I tend to gravitate towards games that either explicitly have like mechanics or like gameplay that encourages communication between players or they're just so embedded in like the culture or like even a generation of like people growing up that there's just like this shared experience that just like emanates throughout a whole generation of people that yeah you really can't find that in a lot of other mediums like maybe movies but i don't think it's really to the same degree because movies aren't as like interactive obviously as games are yeah and a lot of those shared experiences I feel are on like first watches or like yeah. communal watches. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of one-off experiences. Whereas with games, you can have like nearly infinite experiences by yourself with other people that kind of live with you forever. Yeah. Which is just so crazy to think about. Yeah. Like you, you are like, especially with multiplayer games, like you are inhabiting another world and like your memories right. with people aren't associated so much with like them as a human on the other end, but like with their avatar. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. The yeah. way it, it's a weird thing that, that games can do. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the things that I've been putting a lot of thought into recently is, you know, the, the hot topic right now in the games industry, right. is like the metaverse and building these kind of like communal theoretical communal spaces and online gaming I'm very excited to hear your take on that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I I think it's a, a wonderful idea in theory for all the reasons we were just saying. Um, but then I also think a lot of the companies who are talking about this the most are maybe companies who have been, like, maybe the most irresponsible with it in the right, past. Right. In a way, like, I mean, Disney, for example. I, I mean, I love Disney. I'm a, a huge Disney fan. Uh, they have been putting a bunch of like kind of corporate stuff out recently about like oh yeah the metaverse is our next destination like this is Mm -hmm. where families are going to enjoy and like make so many memories and stuff like that it's like that's great 
you, you kind of had that with Toontown and you shut it down unceremoniously mm-hmm. and like broke a million kids' hearts. Yeah. And so like that's something that I wrestle with is especially like in in being a game designer is if you're going to build an online world, how can you build it in a way to last and like build it responsibly so that people who grow up in that world or people who have those like really strong memories associated with it like it's not like one day they're just going to be totally disconnected from it unable to log mm-hmm. on to the servers unable to visit that world ever again because how sad would that be you know yeah. like uh it's happened to me yeah <laughs> Zeno's. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, for the few months we were running uh, my Daisy like side project, like a lot of the things that you, I mean, you've been doing it like 10 times the amount that I did. <laughs> so like, um, I feel like my experiences are a little more self-contained, but yeah, I mean, one day I just found myself completely like unable to continue like putting on this, this community driven experience. And yeah, dude, it was super heartbreaking. And we still get messages today about like, when's the server coming up? You know, yeah. bring back Bastion, bring back this, bring back that. And it's just like, yeah, it's it It almost feels like a disservice to people, right? Um, like, obviously there's the saying, like, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Right. But like, damn, it really sucks that it's over though. You know yeah, I mean? definitely. Um, yeah, yeah I, uh, I definitely can empathize with just even if here's my question right if it became not fun for you right or not uh if you didn't find any more self uh sort of fulfillment out of it would you continue doing it for the reason that you stated i don't think so like personally but i think i would want to make sure it's set up to continue without me you know right yeah like i think because it it is a really hard question because uh there's always going to be like like we talked about earlier these games are expensive to run yeah. and so what happens if it's not profitable anymore or what happens like when the development team needs to move on to something else yeah uh because I, I don't think the answer necessarily is like like disney and other companies should have the responsibility of like never letting this thing die but right. I, it, I do wonder if there are ways to build it so that um one example is uh, Club Penguin. So another Disney game yeah. that I think they actually did well with. Um, they had Club Penguin Island, which was this like short-lived 3D reboot of Club Penguin, and didn't do super well. Didn't wasn't as popular as they hoped it would be. So unfortunately, they had to shut it down. With that one, they built in an offline mode that they shipped in the final version of the game. So even though people can't like have that multiplayer element of it anymore. They can at least still be in the world and like like go kind of relive those memories and be like oh yeah i remember like having a bunch of fun with my friends over at at the igloo or whatever mm-hmm. um and so things like that like smart ways to make sure that uh people aren't just going to be like totally left in the dark mm-hmm. from these online worlds um especially if it's a case where like you get a month before it's over like yeah. that's rough yeah. uh, and uh with toontown like there were so many kids who were just like like putting out videos putting out like petitions and like everything they could possibly think of to try and convince disney to keep it around because they were in like 
almost like fight or flight mode. Like they have a month until this world that they love so much is gone forever. Uh, so it's rough. It's, it's not an easy thing to answer, but I think it's like a really important thing to think about as game developers, as we're looking towards building these like future multiplayer worlds, especially ones that we say are going to be like, you know, the, the new mall that you go to, to hang out with your friends, mm, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm curious, Joey. So I get the sense, and this could totally be biased because I'm 20 plus years old <laughs> and no longer in like the core demographic for, I would say games like club penguin, uh, that came out or like wizards 101, yeah, Wizard right? 101. um, like I don't, as far as I know, I don't think a lot of those games exist anymore or are being made anymore. And I have a feeling a lot of that has to do with games like Minecraft that right. have become just like supernova massive. And I feel like that is like the main hub where kids who are like aged 8 to 15, that's like their go-to spot yeah. now. And so I'm curious to get your take on toontown versus minecraft and like what what things toontown does that maybe you could learn from minecraft mm-hmm. or things you see minecraft not doing that you think toontown does really well and could benefit from right yeah like minecraft i think is a really good example of like knock on wood i don't think that world's ever gonna die like yeah, definitely especially not. because it's not microsoft necessarily having to host all the servers for it like you can start your own minecraft server just with like the the tools that they give you to run it and so i think that's like a super viable way to help keep these things alive if like like if anyone could boot up a server for it and create their own little community that's great Mm -hmm. uh understandable that that's not the way that like toontown and club penguin and stuff have gone because those need to be like ultra moderated environments yeah but at the same time i don't know like maybe like like you said, kids are flocking to Minecraft and mm-hmm. there are tons of super family friendly, well moderated Minecraft servers that you could like trust kids to be in. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's maybe there's a way to do it. Um, in terms of like the actual game mechanics, I think um, one of the things that I love about what Toontown does that I think really hits what we were talking about with like fostering a community and like being able to just like create bonds between people without them even necessarily realizing it. Is there's a bunch of moments in the game that I like calling these like moments of stillness. Mm. And so in between uh, battles, so in Toontown, there's these cog buildings, which are basically uh, corporate skyscrapers that take over the Toon buildings. And it's like the cogs have moved in. They're running the show now. You need to go in and battle them so that you can restore the fun to Toontown. Mm -hmm. And so the way they're basically dungeons and then typical MMO Hmm. and you're going from like floor to floor of the skyscraper to take out all the cogs inside of it with your arsenal of cream pies and anvils and like all the standard like cartoon gags and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but in between each battle there's a elevator sequence where you are in the elevator with your fellow teammates who went into the building with you and it's like 15 seconds where you're just sitting there listening to elevator music (laughs) <laughs> like, like <laughs> on one hand, like it, it, it does have a somewhat functional purpose of like transitioning you to the next room. Right. But that loading time happens in like a second. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason to keep you sitting there in the like 15 seconds, like in terms of game functionality, 
but the crazy thing that you see happen is like that's the moment that people become friends right because they just came out of a battle and the battle you're probably not talking a whole lot or if you're talking like yeah you're talking about your strategy mm-hmm. and then you get to the elevator and someone asks like hey how's your day going yeah and you get just like short gap of time to start a conversation because there's nothing else to do there right. except for sitting in the elevator yeah listening to this like cheeky music as the elevator bobs up and down yeah and i think that is like such a magical design thing that like people don't really realize when they're playing toontown you know Mm -hmm. you're not thinking so much about like oh yeah the elevator is where i'm going to make a friend Mm -hmm. it's just it happens naturally and we even added like um so in toontown you can like type to chat or you could do like a quick selection kind of thing and so we added a category to the quick selection where when you're in an elevator you can just say stuff like so how's the weather or like mm. it's like called the small talk section <laughs> and people have so much fun with that it's oh, just like such a like you say it ironically but then you end up laughing about it and mm-hmm. you end up like actually making friends with that person yeah. uh and so it's great and i think um minecraft uh can have those moments maybe you know like the moments where maybe you just got out of like a cave with someone yeah fighting a bunch of monsters and like now you're going to build a shelter together and all that sort of stuff but it's not quite as like intentionally done yeah in the way that like toontown kind of forces you to do it and there are players who come to us and they're like can you just reduce the elevator time or like can you make this faster Uh, nope yep nope (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) be friends (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the when you look at i mean if it was like literally no one was coming out of this with a positive experience we would reduce the time or whatever but there are uh, a bunch of those moments where time after time again you just see those friendships blossom Mm -hmm. which is so great to see yeah that yeah that's a really good point i feel like um i guess i haven't really talked about family style too much on this podcast but um if you don't know what family style is listeners uh it's this like mobile cooking multiplayer game that i've made with a small team and we also have now that i'm thinking about it we have a moment just like the elevator sequence in toontown where in between rounds of cooking there are like little cards that sort of come on the screen that tell you upcoming recipes that you can expect uh to see in the next round and consistently when we were building the game we saw that those were the moments where like people had like little um side conversations like moments to sort of debrief and like talk about what just happened and sort of anticipate the incoming round and i think i totally agree joey that like those moments i feel like are lost in a lot of games um especially like multiplayer games because i feel like you're constantly trying to keep the player engaged and force them to play in your game loop right and like that's how you keep players um consistently coming back but you just never know what happens in those moments of stillness that like could totally change the whole like vector of the game and it's pretty crazy to think about actually it's true would you guys consider the modern warfare 2 lobby the, I was, a moment of stillness i was literally <laughs> yeah, thinking that like yeah. i think that's actually probably a big reason well what we lost yeah what we've lost in the fire yeah <laughs> thanks to moderation i guess it's not i guess i wouldn't say it's a big reason but i do think like those lobbies are a 
at least for me a big reason why i remember those games so well like oh yeah dude. like that's where you kind of shit talk people <laughs> you like figure out who like has a mic on your team like that's it's where just rivals kind of, are made. Yeah, that's where just, friends and rivals are made. Yeah, is in those moments, in those lobbies. Like, yeah. dude, I'm sure you've been in like a Halo Three or a Halo Reach lobby where, like, in like or like before, like a custom game. Yeah. Or between custom games, where someone's just really just talking shit. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I know, I know who I'm gunning for. <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah. This round begins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's it. I, and I think that you're right. Like, I think this quest for. Um, always keeping people in the game loop that is one of the things that we've lost because of that right? yeah it's like um games like uh the new halo and the new modern warfare they don't even have like they don't they, those lobbies don't exist anymore like right. you get shuffled right into the next max make or matchmaking session um after the game ends and mm-hmm. it's like it's like one of those things like the one of those social elements that's been lost in order to keep people just just keep yeah. doing the thing. Just keep yeah. doing the thing. Yeah, it's true. They want to get you to that next adrenaline rush, like that keeps you going and stuff. Right. But along the way, like you're missing those like deep memories that you're going to make mm-hmm. by just like communicating with other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that might. Okay, this is totally unfounded. Like, go for it. I'm just thinking That's right off the top. That's of the what brain. we're here for. Unfounded <laughs> opinions. The draw call. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like not having those kind of moments maybe could or is like a fraction of the reason why some games have like a lot of toxicity online is because there's no moments where you can like just talk to your teammates or other players without any sort of like goal that you're trying to achieve like maybe you're not trying to like beat someone else you're not trying to like race someone else there's just no moment of like let's just talk because the game is doing a thing and we just have to wait for the game to do a thing and we can just that is such an interesting point because on one hand right okay so the way i oh wow this is actually a great conversation holy shit this always happens to us (laughs) yeah it's like 53 minutes in we stumble upon a really really good philosophical discussion it's like damn if only this could have been the first 17 minutes of the podcast (laughs) maybe that's what we should start with yeah we yeah we need to split that around but anyway right um, some people might argue that like getting rid of the lobby, right? Because obviously the, like, you know, you've seen the YouTube videos of like MW2 lobbies or just like lobbies like that in general, just being extremely toxic environments. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I think you did hit a very interesting point is that those are also the places where people become humanized. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you're in the middle of, I don't know, like a fucking, I don't play league, but okay. Yeah. Like, like I play, fight. I play Valorant, right? Sure. Whenever you, or I played Valorant, let's not, I'm not going <laughs> to subscribe myself to being a Valorant player right here. Um, whenever I'm in the middle of, like, I don't know, uh, an important fight or an important round, right? There is no, like, or very little pregame, right? And yeah. Definitely no pregame where you can hear the other team, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, I feel like, has a really, really good uh, chance of dehumanizing mm-hmm. the people on the other team. Mm-hmm. And even to a certain extent, the people on your team. Because immediately you're like thrown into the fire with these people and mm-hmm. it's like okay imagine if like one of your play or one of your teammates like messes up and it's like damn fuck that guy yeah you know what i mean there's no wow moment of that moment of stillness thing is really a yeah. really interesting it's uh, one of my like favorite game design principles that i've that i've witnessed in games it yeah. just consistently like especially if it happens either right before or right after or ideally both like having 
kind of like a, a battle where you really have to band together yeah like when you come out of that like you just have that now like camaraderie and yeah like the few man we we really made it by the skin of our teeth kind of moment yeah. and that like that pushes people together yeah um, it can have like like you're saying the adverse effect of like there can be toxicity of like uh you know man why did you make that choice like it really messed us up yeah. but i feel like a lot of times uh maybe it's just like since i'm thinking specifically about toontown maybe it's just the more wholesome nature of that game that pushes right. it away yeah. from that right yeah. right but it's still just like such a powerful moment i think in any kind of game 100 um, you know as you guys are talking about with like modern warfare and everything it, it humanizes people yeah i think even like like stepping away from the computers but like sports games right like in mm-hmm. every sport game i ever played there's a warm-up before the match against other teammates or other players right and i feel like that is like the real world moment of stillness where you're sort of you're physically warming up for the match but you're also like you know looking the other team up and down you're like oh, kind 100%. of scoping them out maybe you're talking to them because sometimes sometimes sports like make you do that with like the the way they orient the teams it can be kind of weird but um yeah i've i i've played a lot of sports and i feel like i've never felt um like as toxic as i've felt i've like online in games right because i think because there's these moments of like humanization where mm-hmm. i know we're just playing like a soccer game i know it's just a basketball game and like i can see these people they're just like me it's very like cut and dry afterwards we're gonna go home and like eat burgers or something right but online you definitely lose that moment of humanization um and I've, i definitely feel the toxicity way more online yeah. um from other players or other people just because there's no like there's no warm-up there's no moment of stillness yeah i have opinions on that <laughs> i i mean i don't know i think uh I think there are a bunch of other elements of video games that that help sort of um, nurture that toxicity. I guess sure, yeah. Uh, like, like the fact that you can that every game that you have is like you can see like your MMR or your Elo go up and down based yeah. on like the like your result, right? right. So <laughs> it's like I don't know. I feel like. Um, Unless you're in, like, I don't know. I only played one season of football, and we sucked, so, like, I don't really give a shit about sports. But, uh, like, not every game is, like, a playoff game. You sure, know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. like, if we lose this game or win this game, I mean, yeah. obviously it sucks, but, like, I don't really give a shit. I'm going this... to go home and eat a burger. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, when, this, when, like, winning and losing is directly tied to this number that right. is, like, especially in, like a, like, a game that competition is, like, what it's all about this number that will go up and down. Like, if I'm one game from D-ranking and this fucker on my team is just not hitting his shots, it's, like, yeah. it's way easier for me to be, like, a, like a dick to that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, than yeah, like definitely. To my friend that I've known for years, you right. know, that I have to, like, practice with every day. Yeah. Um, and even, I think, in, like, a five-stack, I think just human... Being able to visually see someone and, like, visually see their emotions and reactions makes it way harder to be mean to them. Yeah. Like, in general. Like, it's way... It's way harder for me to be mean to your face than I don't know over like the internet in yeah, general. Totally. I think the internet in general has a very big dehumanizing factor uh, that you don't really. That's hard to replicate in real life. 
Yeah, that's a good um, point. Something I'm really interested in seeing, like as um, the games industry continues to change, is how that works for VR. Because in my experience, Ooh, at least, wow. like I feel like VR games, and maybe it's just because it's a smaller market right now, like it's a more niche community, but they are so much more wholesome and mm-hmm. like just you meet friendlier people. Like people are just generally nicer to each other. Yeah. In the multiplayer VR games that I've played. Mm-hmm. And I think a degree of that is like you are physically seeing someone. Like it's not just a username on the screen or like some animated character representing them. Like it's really their movement. Yeah, it's their it's, movement. It's much more of a physical embodiment of right. that person. That is such a good point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I hmm. I, yeah. wonder, I wonder if age plays into that too, because I feel like the the average like VR player is actually not like a teenager, but yeah. someone who's like maybe over thirty. Um, and I feel like older adults tend to just be more considerate and more kind oh, towards yeah. other people, right. right? Whereas, you know, you're playing League of Legends, you, my God, you don't, you have no <laughs> idea what is going to spawn on your team, what kind of double spawn you're going to get. Yeah, oddly enough, so I played uh, just a little bit of that VR MMO that came out like maybe a month and a half ago or something. Yeah. I was uh, Zenith. Oh yeah. And the first time I played that, I was in a server. I was really surprised by the amount of kids who were mm, in that game. Interesting. I was mm. like, how do you all have VR headsets? Yeah. Like, I had no <laughs> idea. Uh, and so there were, there was like probably like 20 kids that I ran into. Yeah. And even they, like, I, I was also kind of expecting, like, they're not going to care about me. Like, they're, they're not going to be courteous. Like, they're going to go defeat that enemy that I'm going for. Like, you know, the yeah. typical kind of borderline toxic moves, but also <laughs> right, like they're kids right. and you can't. Yeah. But like, they were so kind like like some kid came up to me and he's like like hey you need some armor and like a 12 year old voice and i was like (laughs) this is like a really weird interaction i'm having right now but yeah i'll take it dude i think you literally you really might be on to something with the physical interaction part of it i think yeah i think you it might be possible and again this is completely unfounded draw call tm opinion (laughs) i don't i don't know shit about anything but yeah i think it might be that vr movement trickery right mm-hmm. that, yeah. like it literally makes you feel like okay my my being a dick limit is way way lower because i my brain is tricking me into thinking that this is closer to real life than it is me sitting at like my computer screen yeah, yeah. you know what i mean we're uh, we're we're gonna need to revisit this whenever yes. Among Us VR comes out because that's like that's the ultimate test. I mean, that's like a game that's gonna get, bring a lot of kids to VR. True. Yeah, wide range of people playing it, and I I have a feeling like I think I think it's gonna be pretty wholesome. I think it's yeah. gonna be fun. I I think I agree with that. I'm, I'm like tentatively optimistic that that will be good for like. <laughs> kids and people of all ages but yeah yeah you just never know with with an ip as like large and globally respected and played as among us it's hard to know yeah it's true yeah joey um if i'm not mistaken you have you're a busy man you have (laughs) places to be things to do uh i feel like i am i'm giving it i'm being extremely courteous right now and abruptly not even abruptly that was a, a good solid few seconds of I think it was a good segue yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah we gotta end the episode 
Yeah. Uh, it, we're coming in on an hour and three minutes. Nice little solid. We made it over an hour, folks. We did. That's great. Yeah. Um, and it was all really good except for the first, like, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> first 15 minutes. Honestly, I'm thinking of whether I should cut that or not. What do you think? No. Oh, wow. I that's, feel like... That's the draw call way. <laughs> oh, wow. The draw call way. I feel like, you, like, as episodes go on... I give more of a shit about the beginning and you give less of a shit. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen that sort of transition? Well, that's like the best part. Well, okay. When I like listen back on the episodes, yeah. the beginning always gets me laughing because it's so <laughs> unhinged and unorganized. <laughs> yeah, it's well, just... here, here's the happy medium maybe yeah. you can find. It's like you, you cut the first 15 minutes, release it as a bonus episode. Ooh. Get a get a Patreon going. You're like, yes. hey, if you subscribe to us on Patreon, you want to, especially because you just said like, you know, yeah. this is an hour and yeah. two minute episode. Yeah. If you cut that, this is a 45 minute episode. True. Like, oh, where you want those, those 15 exclusive minutes? 15 minutes. True. The exclusive 15 minutes of me failing to understand <laughs> Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and struggling to come up with bits. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, dude. Should we make a Patreon soon? What are we thinking? Maybe. Hmm. I, I'm not sold that people would subscribe to it, but perhaps maybe Jill would. Maybe Jill would. Jill and Art, never mind. Jill, let us know if you would subscribe <laughs> to us on Patreon. <laughs> uh, Joey, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, um, I really appreciate it. I uh, the draw call way is um, pseudo forcing people to come back on the show by asking, "Did you enjoy your time on the show?" I I loved my time on the show. I feel like there is like more and more hours worth of things that we could talk about i think i agree with that 100%. yeah dude honestly what we're almost uh wow okay so we are coming up on the end of cycle two for draw right. call right because if you remember for a long time listening to the show episode eight timmy turner we uh that is our review episode so every eight episodes we do a review episode just me and z to figure out where we're going where we've been mm-hmm. how good nice. the show is whether we're going to quit whether it's the last episode or not, who the fuck knows. But uh, yeah, I think next episode we might. It might be time for us to do a a four person, maybe in person episode. Maybe well, yeah. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy one more microphone because we got one more little input here. We can yeah. We can we can mess around with. <laughs> so maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a mega episode. Maybe in, in the our books future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Joey Z and Charlie. That could be wow. interesting, yeah. Wow, that would be really interesting. But dude, I also want to get Chance back on. We could we could do a whole like project team, like current project team. Yes. Design. Yeah. Oh my god! Table. Wow. Yeah. That fun. sounds. I fun. mean, we're we're definitely gonna have to whenever the project we're on gets announced. Right. You know, when we can really just dive yeah. into it. Ooh, nice. That is true. <laughs> yeah. This unannounced project. Yeah. Yeah. Secret secret it. scoop here on Draw Call. Yeah. But I'm not going to say any more because Jill's listening. Yeah. Silence. <laughs> we shall not give out the name of the project that we're on. I Joey. need a little sound bar to be like, beep. Yeah. The project, yeah, 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 the yeah, project yeah. name is beep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Joey, you have anything to shout out? Uh... Man, uh, well, I'll shout out that unannounced project whenever yeah. whenever we get to it. Hell yeah. But uh, also, I mean, I'll shout out just uh, Toontown Written. If you want to go play it, it's ToontownerWritten.com. Totally free. Super great. It is more than just a kid's game. It's pretty awesome. Sweet. We just released a big new expansion back in December that we'd been working on for like four years. Whoa. And it's like, oh, yeah. like hard mode, end game, boss kind of thing. Yeah. Sweet. It is really fun. 
uh, and we could totally talk about like design process and stuff like that for Ooh. a future episode. Yeah, actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. that sounds really cool. I would love to dive into that. Yeah, there, I mean, episode. yeah, there's a whole other area we haven't peeled back yet of like designing content for a game that you did not create. Yeah. Or like Ooh, even I, just wow. like yeah yeah I yeah. wanted to touch on that but nice. yeah I think <laughs> only so we'll much you can that. get to in an hour yeah yeah we'll save that one all yep. right uh, wow all right how are we gonna end this one are we are we bullshitting the ending or are we gonna try we just do the cut to black right uh, the, well you got to give a shout out to our sponsor uh, Notion Notion yeah, <laughs> yeah. shout sponsor out to us? our sponsor Notion Notion.so <laughs> all your workspace all in one place um, thank you very much Notion for sponsoring this episode. Um, they didn't actually sponsor the episode. Shouts out to the free uh, version of Notion. Shouts yeah. out to the free version of Notion. I was going to come up with a really, really, uh, what is it? Uh, a controversial company to be like, mm. sponsor. <laughs> shout out well, we Raytheon did, we, we for did sponsoring. We did BP last time. So. Yeah, shout out to British Petroleum for sponsoring this 